Hey guys, this is your host, Ray Janjua, and welcome to the House of Rep. This is episode 5, we're talking about Code 8. Now, this is a really cool sci-fi superhero film that debuted on Netflix not too long ago, and it's based on a short film. It stars Robbie Amell and his cousin Stefan Amell. Now, uh, Stefan Amell's really well known for being Arrow. Uh, Oliver Queen on the CW's Arrow show, and Robbie Amell's also guest starred on that show. So he played uh, Firestorm on The Flash, and then um, he left the show to do Tomorrow's People, which is based on this really old retro show that I used to watch. It was a really cool show about some kids who got um, sort of like infused with an alien ship and they could teleport. So they became the Tomorrow's People. So it was a wicked concept, it's based on a novel, and they've done three iterations of it so far. So they've rebooted it three times. The one in the 90s is my most favorite, and it's the rarest of the three. So, going to Code 8. It started off as a short film by Jeff Chan. So basically, he teamed up with Stefan and Robbie Amell to make this film. And the original version's got Sun Kang in it as well, and a few other players. Um, most of the original cast appear in the feature film. They're also um, sort of like have different roles in the short film. So let's just jump into the actual feature film. We won't talk about the short so much. But basically the short was uh, Indiegogo or Kickstarted. And then basically they got all the funding that they needed. And then they started making the movie and the movie just came out. And I have to say that the movie does a good job at expanding on the short film. So it's an example of when a short film's really well done. And really simple and short and sweet and snappy. And then the feature film fleshes it all out. And uh, this is the reason why a lot of us directors make short form films. Because it's a, almost like a proof of concept of um, you know the latter uh, film being a full feature or a TV show. A few of the projects that I'm working on uh, right now, they've got that same kind of feel. I'm making a couple of short films that will lead to more. Um, I'm joined by Pre today. So Pri's going to be talking about the film too because she watched it with me. Uh, Pri, you want to say hi to everyone? Hello, everyone. How is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, Pri, what did you think of the film? Well, uh, I like the movie. Uh, basically, I like sci- sci-fi thriller action movie, but this is more drama. And mm-hmm. uh, even though like, it was more like a drama film, when I watched the whole movie from beginning till end, it was amazing. It was well made. I mean, as you mentioned, Jeff Chan, I mean, he's done only like few movies, I think. Yeah, he's done a couple. Yeah, like few movies. And this is, I've never heard about this act, uh, director mm-hmm. before, but like, you know, when he did this, it was great. It was one of the great movie, and you know the best part was like about the superpowers. Yeah. Like everybody was having superpower, and uh, the main actor, what was his name again? Uh, Robbie Amell. Robbie Amell. He yeah. had the power of electric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that good? Like when he was being hired, like you know, by those criminals, like you know, to uh, break the bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So hopefully you've seen the film before you watch this podcast. If you haven't. You know, watch the movie first, then come back to the podcast, or at least watch the short film, you know, because the short film's available for free on YouTube, so you can still get the gist of the story before you watch the movie, and, um, you know, uh, we're going to be spoiling a bit about the movie and the plot, so, in this podcast, so, yeah, pre on I just said a few things, and I think if they yeah. haven't seen the movie, <laughs> I'm kind of like... <laughs> well, there's some cool things in it, so, like, Stefan Amell is really used to playing superheroes and so is Robbie Amell because they both played superheroes on the CW but the way they portrayed these characters was pretty good because he's like everyone's got different kinds of levels of strength and he's a um, electric 
an electrical, they call them, or something like that. That's the code I name. I think electric level. Yeah, so he's a level... Electric? I don't well, know. he's actually a level five. Yeah. When But when the film starts, everyone thinks he's a level two, when he's mm. actually more powerful, but he hasn't trained himself. So yeah. Stefan Amel trains him to become better at surging and using his electrokinesis powers. Yes. Um, the other thing that's really cool is, is that uh, Stefan Amel plays a TK in this. So he's a telekinetic, um, and there's a lot of other different actors and players in this there's a lot of great canadian bit players like people who have just been in like so many tv shows and movies whose names i forget but they're really good actors sung kang also has a great role in it a supporting role as a human police officer who actually has a powered child and that's caused a rift in his marriage so that was an interesting kind of uh, angle to to see you know like how sung people kang? yeah sung kang yeah <laughs> Yeah. I saw Sang Kang like two hours soon. <laughs> yeah, oh Pri has a funny story. She... Yeah, so she was working and um what was it? Pri, tell us the story. <laughs> well, I was working uh at the festival or an event. I can't remember it was years back. Basically I was working. <laughs> okay, cool. And I just remember this incident. Uh it was like in central London. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, basically, I think he was going for a joke or something, right. and he was just resting for a bit. Like he was like literally two arms distance. Yeah. And I was trying to figure it out. I saw this person somewhere. Like literally trying to figure it out in my mind. So I you never... mind blanked him. Yeah. Like, and figure I, out I was like, who the hell is this person? And then in like fraction of second, he flew. Okay. <laughs> I was like, and then I realized it was the actor. <laughs> Right, okay. It was a funny, funny So, thing. Sun Kang, if you ever listen to this podcast, man, dude, we definitely want to work with you, but you probably already met Pre before briefly. I don't think you'll remember her, though. Ever, yeah. ever. Because it literally flew like, wee! Yeah. But you've met, you've met a few people, haven't you? You've met, like, Luke Evans and Vin Diesel briefly, you know, it's and stuff like that. extremely, extremely briefly, yeah. honey. Yeah, like, especially so, Luke. Luke. I don't... I don't... You were taking a photo with Luke, innit, at a premiere, and, like... Yes. Uh, you were with some friends at some premiere and you met him, right? Yes, like, like and... for a few seconds, like he yeah. came out. He was such a nice gentleman. Yeah, yeah, I've heard good yeah. things about Luke. I want to work with him. He and the like funny part, again, I have another incident, people. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about When it. I saw Luke Evans, oh my God, we had, I had this camera. Obviously, I want to take the picture with him. Yeah. And I was obviously a little bit nervous. And then he took the camera from me to take a selfie. And he asked me, did you get it? And I was like, yeah, I got it. But it wasn't the selfie. <laughs> Right, okay. I didn't take the selfie. Right, I didn't right. click it. Okay. And he asked me twice, did you click it just to be sure? But yeah, I was yeah. so nervous and I said yes. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. wasn't there. Right. But that was the fourth or the fifth click. So it's okay. I still okay. have the origin, like the first and second. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah, there was another incident. Yeah. See, he's such a cool guy though because he was going out of his way to make sure that the photo was, was Ryan's stuff. Yeah. You know? I love those kind of like, you know, I like actors. Kind, and, humble. Exactly. Like yeah. people who basically have like... They don't let the fame, they don't let the, you know, there's a time to celebrate your success, but you don't want to let it kind of completely make you an egotistical douchebag. Yeah. And you, and those are the kind of people that, you know, I am really reluctant to work with and I get kind of like worried about that some of my heroes are going to be, you know, like douchebags. They're not going to be who I expect them to be. So I hope, fingers crossed, that a lot of the people that I think are great or they give off this impression that they're great people are actually great people behind the scenes as well as on camera. You know, like as a filmmaker, as a director, there's a lot of difficult people I've worked with. There's a lot of great people who are just like salt of the earth, you know, true, kind-hearted individuals. And I would like, you know, hug them every day and like, you know, 
feel this energy feel this positivity and love from them uh there were other people who were just like just difficult because they've got this kind of attitude when they're yeah. coming on set as a as a filmmaker as a director i'm sort of like the um you know like the the shepherd so it doesn't matter if the person's difficult you keep that professionalism there but then you know where you stand with them in future work and, then and stuff. for me i feel like you know if they're kind and humble i mean they are the actual actors because they are giving a real example like not only in the movies but behind as well like the mm. real characters about them so i feel like it give we, we obviously we admire them we we give them as a role model you know yeah. that's a very good thing to do if they are really kind and humble and if they start showing that attitude oh my god even if i have liked them before i would never <laughs> go back ever again yeah. if you have actors like that yeah. so yeah this is kind yeah. of like I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, we like to see one of the kind of like things that we do in life is we like to put people up on this kind of pedestal and think that, okay, this person's famous, so they have to be this certain way. And mm. at the end of the day, they're humans and they have their own flaws, their own hang ups, and they could be having a bad day. But let's imagine that you've become really successful based on your acting. You've gone through all that process. You're making money. Now the money doesn't matter. Now the success doesn't matter. The craft is all that matters. And you just want to take it seriously and you kind of want to just do your thing but you're constantly being hounded and harassed and they're trying to basically take from you everything like all the time that you thought that you originally used to have that takes a kind of a process it's kind of like a learning curve for a lot of younger actors as soon as they blow they become famous they find constantly being under the paparazzi's eye or in all the kind of gossip magazines sometimes if you don't have a thick skin and you don't know that they're just trying to sell you know like an aspect of you um it can really you know affect a lot of actors and they can have like breakdowns and you know go into kind of substance abuse and kind of problems like that i like to the way i like to see it is that when i get successful when i get famous that's part of the deal of what i want to do i am a public figure i am out there there's certain boundaries you know that people hopefully they won't take the mic i will never ever deny someone a photo i will never ever deny someone a autograph you know no matter where it is but it has to be in places that are you know common sense kind of stuff within so boundaries. yeah within certain realistic boundaries like it's okay if i'm eating in a public restaurant and you came to me and said hey can i take a picture with you and stuff and i'll be like yeah sure and then i would you know not at the gate of our house yeah exactly <laughs> like things like that that's a good example like if someone's at the gate of that's our house like, Ray, 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 fucking come out you know like and stuff you know like like things like that you know like uh like this they're, they're going they're going crazy and stuff that would be a little bit different but you know let's say i'm going for a piss and some guy's like oh what? i loved your film you know like he's right next to me in the stall and he's like Yo, Ray, like, that movie you made, like, you know, that, that new Batman film you made is so wicked. And, like, you know, I want to, I want your autograph, mate. Yeah, can I take a photo with you? I'm like, dude, man, take a piss right now. Like, let's do it outside, you know? Like, things like that, you know? Those are the things that, those are the kind of boundary lines. But, you know, like, you know when you see, like, um, celebrities snap with their kids, you know, when people push the boundaries and stuff like that, you know, like, um, you know, you're just trying to spend time with your family and then they're just trying to get all kinds of like crazy shots of you and stuff. That's something I've never experienced right now because I'm at such a, you know, sort of like early level in my career. Um, It's taken a long time to get to where I am right now. And it's still a great 
journey to get to the other level you know where you guys will get to see all my stuff i mean my biggest kind of passion and my drive is for you just to see all the great films and ideas i have in my head like i'm constantly thinking up of new films and new franchises if they gave me batman and they say that we want four different versions of batman i could literally give them a tv show an animated series a movie franchise and also probably a new comic uh, run that's how how creative you know the juices are that you know flow in my brain it's just like you know i don't know where some of the stuff comes from it's like you know i will just sit and think and i'll get an entire franchise you know then i'll have to write this thing down and then vault it unfortunately because i just don't have right now that kind of level where i could make this tomorrow you know if i if i had that kind of like blank check stuff you'd be seeing like a true x-men film you'd be seeing something that people would go wow i never thought that we could get those colored costumes on film i you know like there's a lot of things that they've just done wrong you know like that you can that i can easily fix for them you know if they want if they want that same kind of mcu looking kind of x-men i can do that for them i can bring fantastic four back you know, like there's a lot of stuff that they, you know, that 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 they've dropped the ball on that um, I could just pick up and do a uh, do a slam dunk with. So yeah, sorry. Going back to uh, code but A. Hopefully one day. Yeah, people yeah. will find you. Hopefully yeah. one day when we look back at time, we're yeah. like, yeah, you guys made the right choice. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what's great about this. We're chronicling where we are right now, so that you know we can come back and look at this. Uh, not look at this, I mean listen to this. Uh, later on, hopefully, you know, we'll have video versions of them and then we can look at those as well. But everything's really great. I love doing the House of Rap. I love where we are and what we're doing right now. I'm at a point in my life where things are really great, you know, and they're going to get better. You know, it's really cool. I mean, it's been a while since we've we've done a few things, but that's not any fault on our part. It's just the way life works. You know, life throws you a couple of curveballs and you've got to deal with them. So we got really badly delayed on our last project and then the COVID-19 thing has come. So um, that's delayed us even more. So people are suffering out there. And um, I hope that, um, you know, soon you guys get to see the magic of what the Rep Knights are bringing. Anyway, back to code eight. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Chang's film. Sorry to bore you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. They're no, not no, gonna no, get no, bored no. at all. That's the whole point I of this podcast. I was just joking, honey. Yeah, so carry on, babe. <laughs> so, what did you, if you had the superpower, like in code eight, which one would you like to have? I like the um, I like the healing abilities of the enforcer guy because I've always loved that kind of power that Wolverine has, that invulnerability. Mm. Um. I've always loved electricity power, so being an electrokinesis person is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, TK power was cool as well. You know, like Stefan Animal's power. But I'd say I'd go with the electricity if I if I couldn't yeah. if I if it was forced on me. But if I could choose it, then I choose healing, like Wolverine, because it's very useful. Yeah. Yeah. What about I, you? I think I'm gonna go for Mar- uh, Captain Marvel. <laughs> Captain Marvel. So I wanna be... go outside. That would be cool. Like, Her powers are great. I literally fly outside yeah. the earth yeah. <laughs> and literally, like you know, be the same. I mean, savior. the way she got energized by that drive yeah. is just really interesting because her powers are just like from a kind of like a irradiated level. So she's yeah. constantly generating this kind of energy, mm. and it just makes her really powerful. She's like one of the most powerful 
um, characters in the Marvel universe. So yeah. They, they proper jacked her up because when she was Miss Marvel mm. originally, yeah. she was wicked. Then she fought Rogue, and then Rogue absorbed her powers, and then that's why Rogue can fly mm. and has super strength. Because she held on to Miss Marvel for too long. Mm. Then Miss Marvel fell into a coma and then she got very angry at the Avengers for not being there for her. Why? So she left the Avengers for a while because it was some kind of mission that she was on. Mm. And she was staying at Charles Xavier's ex-mansion when she talks to them. Mm. And she has a beef with them. But then Rogue basically becomes her friend because yeah. like she betrays her mum. Um, all of that can be touched on quite nicely in the movies. You know, that's a, a nice way to bring in the X-Men with Rogue being like this, you know sort of like a terrorist with uh mystique and you know the x-men try to stop her and then secretly they're working for magneo or something you know mm -hmm. so there's a lot of things that i think what they could do is they could do a mutant click like you know like um she turns on and makes the mutants um scarlet witch mm -hmm. because she can see different realities so in the wonder and um wonder and vision show that's coming up where she's trying to deal with the loss of her husband mm -hmm. not her husband uh, like her lover vision um she could bring him back somehow by manipulating reality and somehow that creates the x-men and the mutation and reality changes a bit so the x-men have always been there so that's yeah. a way that you could retcon the franchise and introduce the x-men properly so um because we've got Deadpool, we've got the X-Men, but that's lame X-Men. Mm. Even though people like James McAvoy, the other guy who plays Colossus, Negasonic Teenage Warhead, all the people in Deadpool, and all the people in the kind of remake of, um, you know, like the reboot of X-Men is Wicked, the original franchise was fantastic too, with Patrick Stewart and, and you know, Ian McKellen and stuff, but they really were wish-washy. You know, like, they just don't look right. You know, like, this just stuff... Like, the the stuff that Brian Singer does is just not right. You know, I've never mm. really been a huge mega fan of this stuff. I mean, obviously, I was gushing all over it when, um, when it first came out. But as I watched them, you know, when Brett Ratner did X-Men 3, you know, uh, it just all went floppy, the franchise. It was really disjointed. Uh, the only things that were really good were Hugh Jackman's films. But even... Um, the Wolverine messed up the Japanese, um, you know, the whole Japanese storyline mm -hmm. where he goes to Japan because he was always in Japan. Like he would always go visit Japan and he had like a big connection. He lived in this uh, small island, fictional island state called Madipur, which was a bit like a cross between Japan and Taiwan. Mm -hmm. It was like it was a bit like a Taiwanese kind of um, island, which he used to kind of hang out at. And he was called Patch. That was like his alias. He he would wear like a, a patch and everyone knew him as Patch. So I felt that they missed the chance to do all that by setting it in modern day where he meets um, uh, Mariko um, sort of like late in his X-Men career. Whereas in, whereas in the comics, he meets Mariko a little bit earlier, you know, and, and, and then he loses her. So she's actually one of his one of his wives. That he marries because he had a he had another wife uh, called Itsu a long time ago and she got killed um, and then uh, his son got taken from him and his son grew up to be a villain so a lot of that's missing so the Ken's missing you know uh, we got X twenty three and Logan which was quite cool Logan was actually you know like uh, Logan was a very dope film uh, because it was just different and the first time actually that you saw 
Wolverine doing all the kind of like hardcore, violent kind of um, adamantium claw rage, you know, the fighting and stuff. So it was a lot more darker than the other kind of X-Men films have been. Um, yeah, so we'll go we'll go into that in detail. I'll do a, a couple of podcasts about the X-Men franchise and how I can fix it and make it better and my kind of what ifs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Going back to Code 8. Um, let's go to Jeff the Chang's Guardian. directing. Like Jeff Jeff Chang's directing was very good. He did I have, a very good. As I good said job. before at the beginning, I have never heard about Jeff Chang before. Yeah. And he's done only like few movies. And when I saw this Code Eight and also what, what on Netflix, I mean, it was quite a nice movie. I mean, as I said, I like sci-fi thriller action, but this was more about drama, which was yeah. still like you know. It's a lot I, slower. Like I was yeah. expecting it to have more action, but the action beats but, are selective. Yeah, you know, but still it was yeah. a good movie. No, no, it was, it was a, it was a yeah, drama. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, started off a bit slow. I would criticize that. Yeah, you were like, I was getting proper yeah, bored in like the first five minutes. Like literally in five minutes, Ray was uh, like, we, yeah. "Shall we change the channel or the movie?" Yeah, yeah. I'm like, "No, I let's maybe see." This film. I, let's I'll be see. very honest. When the movie started, it was competently shot and it looked great, but the it was dragging its feet a bit in the first few acts because obviously we got to build up his struggle. But I'm a very action fantasy kind of you know kinetic director so i love having a little teaser at the start where the stakes are really high then we cut to something a bit more mellow i'm not really a guy who starts things mellow you know like (laughs) that's just my style and and the funny part is like you know this uh actor robbie emmel he's done like only soft kind of a movie Mm. i haven't seen him in any action has has he done any action? he's done a lot of action on the cw like as as firestorm i I, I see him as a soft in soft movie like romantic comedy he's or done a lot of those as well yeah you know, that's really what he was known for like him and stefan done a lot of warner brothers stuff you mm-hmm. know like uh cw kind of rom-coms rom series beverly 90210 yeah. shows like that that's really where they kind of were cutting their teeth like uh-huh. stefan amel had a run on that he had a run on a few other shows but what i'm trying to say is like as even my, my I, I always portray him as a soft actor like yeah, never yeah. like a action type of actor but mm. he did a good job in this yeah, movie he's very good i mean like, his his range is normally really badly stunted in a lot of the stuff he does mm. um you know they just don't give him enough like mm. you know when he was when he was um starting off basically no? when he was the firestorm guy mm. for a few episodes he just hardly did anything you know it was only at like near like i think it was the end of the the pilot, um, not the pilot, the beginning episode of the second season, he did the most heroic thing when he sacrificed himself to kind of shut the vortex off. But Professor Fine survived, but he died. Mm. And then um, the other kid takes over as Firestorm, you know, the mechanic kid. So um, so it's just a bit different, like the way they handled Firestorm's character. I kind of thought that Robbie Amell should, um, I don't know, not return, but... He needs to be in something like he would play a good Kyle Rayner or um, some other character in the in the um, in the DC universe. Like he needs to kind of come back into something. But yeah, he's doing great in Code Eight. Hopefully, Code Eight becomes a franchise for him, mm-hmm. you know, and something yeah. that he can kind of sink his teeth into and make it his own. I mean, he's quite good as the the kid in that. Uh, what do you, do you think of Stefan Amel, his cousin? Uh, well, I think the first time I saw him, he was good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You've, you've never seen Arrow. Because <laughs> Arrow is one of like the biggest shows on the CW right now. It's like well, I've I've watched all seasons of it, 
Um, it was a bit of hit and miss, I have to be honest. Like, <laughs> Arrow started off really great. It started off like Smallville, you know, and so it, like Batman. So maybe after Smallville, we can watch Arrow. We'll be giving you a very big review on Smallville <laughs> because I introduced Creed to Smallville just recently, and I've been watching Smallville for years. It's one of my top, top shows, you know, like that, Stargate, <laughs> Star Trek. You know, these shows, they lasted a long time, you know, Supernatural and stuff. They're my top top favorite shows i haven't watched supernatural in a while i'm a couple of seasons behind on supernatural it just got a little bit slow for me um you know crowley was in the uh, series of way too much you know and it kind of dragged on but you know i've got to kind of just marin marin uh, sorry marathon it through and kind of like complete the series because I'm, I'm getting to a point where i have to um you know like i have to see the end of it it's kind of like the walking dead too it's like um you know, Walking Dead's went to a point where after Glenn got killed and Negan came, like, you know, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's one of my favorite actors. So I really wanted to see what he could do with the Negan character. Um, in the end, I just didn't want to really watch the show anymore. It got too boring for me. And I ended up just watching kind of like a, you know, like a nice video. There's a guy online who does kind of quick recaps. So I just watched the series that way and then un understood the story and stuff. So, yeah, you know, um, Arrow had the same problem. They had way too many kind of uh, wishy-washy arcs. There was way too much side kind of backstories, too much of the island stuff. The the Russian stuff was so crap with that. I guess that we'll gang. do a review on Arrow. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Let's yeah. focus on Code 8 now. <laughs> no, carry on, carry on. Let's talk about Code 8. We're, so, we're talking about the cast, isn't it? Yeah, so um, supporting cast, you like them? Mm, which one? There were quite a few. Yeah, but like, who who stood out for you? Uh... You liked uh, Connor's mother? Yeah. Steph Robbie yeah, Amos' mom? Yeah, I mean, I think she acted well. Mm -hmm. And, you know... Cara uh, Machette, she's a good actress. Yeah, definitely she was, she, was, she is. Um... The hero was also quite nice. Mm -hmm. um, who else? Oh, I like that that, that the badass uh, lady. You know, uh, was it uh, Laslia, the one who 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 came to kill the uh, the drug dealer? Oh, that's a different I mean, actress. That was not this actress. I think that was Casey, Casey Haduki, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, she played like the kind of assassin, but. Le Lesla de Oliveira, she played Maddie. The Psyche. 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 So yeah. the plot of the story, the storyline of the actual film is really cool, where there's a small percentage percentage of superpowered individuals, but instead of them being lauded and celebrities and kind of like you know all out there, they're actually ostracized for their powers by the government because people siphon the um, spinal fluid from them. And they use it as a drug that gives people a high. So there's a crazy black market of um, this kind of psych going around. And that's really the whole kind of gist and anchor of the story is that there's, you know, like a big time dealer. Um, Robbie Amell's character Connor gets kind of stuck into it because he's a day laborer and he uses yeah. his powers to kind of, um, you know get the work done quicker but you're not yeah. allowed to do that like without daily, licenses like then after a guy gets killed you know there's the ostracization it's almost like you know that 
thing that happens to people who are basically ostracized for their race or you know something's going on so basically they're marginalized they're ostracized and they're treated like shit like second class citizens so even his mom who's a cryo she's suffering from cancer so she's got a tumor that's pressing against her brain so she can't control her powers so sometimes they trigger like when she's washing her hands or she's trying to work in this like store that she works at so her bosses are like a a total douchebag to her and treats her like shit and then that pisses connor off and stuff and when connor starts making money doing these runs for um stefan amel's character um you know like things start to start to flow for him you know and then obviously he lies to his mom he's got like a day job she finds out that creates a lot of conflict for them and she starts getting sicker and sicker which is sad um there's a lot of great beats cinematography was excellent in this film it was also excellent in the short had this beautiful look yeah Um, i liked it the cgi what did you think of all the things so the drones were great yes the guard you like guard, the guardians yeah they yeah. were so cool they look cool right they were like so... dropped off and they're yeah. like and the way they were shooting like <laughs> yeah, yeah. like they're like that bit was cool when they took out that guy bad guy's base at the end of the yeah film. so you can see them like they're like really efficient they were defenders. really good they were re- and the cops use them as shields so they're the ones who always go first into a room yes so that's really cool. and then the night the night shooting mm-hmm. they, they, they they were doing the shooting in the night mm-hmm. That was that was a good scene as well. Do you remember mm-hmm. that part? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. was amazing, man. Like when basically they raid the club. Yes. They raid the club and they cut the power. Oh, so, yeah, they cut the power. Yeah, Sorry. So you can <laughs> see all the laser sights and everything dancing yeah. around when they shoot up all the guards and stuff in the guy's strip club. Like the strip club's like the front of his uh, mm-hmm. his operations and stuff. So it's really cool. It's a really sick. Uh, the the action beats when they do happen, yeah. they're really good, you know. So they so they're really nice, you know. Like I think Robbie, Stefan, and uh, Jeff did a really great job of putting this film together. They're like really really good production team. Um, yeah. You know, it's really good to see Stefan Amos. I mean, still if, working. They ha- if they if want to have any more franchise, definitely we're gonna go for it, isn't it? We're yeah, watch we'll check it. it out. I mean, yeah. like it's really good. So production design was great um costume design and music there's really not much to talk about it because they were just like very and you know everything's kind of real there's no fantastical kind of costumes and stuff so everyone was just wearing normal clothes and stuff score was a little bit forgettable until the end of the film when there was like a a really deep moment with his mom when he when he, when he was trying to get her get healed by this healer actress um that actress who played the healer she was okay her character didn't really have much to do, so yeah. you know she didn't really stand out. But I wish me. she had the power, you know, as a healer that she just heal and doesn't go back to her. Oh or, yeah, 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 but that's one of the kind of trade offs of being a healer. Yeah. You know, you get the pain and stuff. And... But like a temporary, you know, not like permanent. Yeah. Because I think he she gets it permanent, isn't it? I think it. it or it would just she gets it for a while, but eventually her body heals, heals it. Heals it. Okay. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm not sure about that part, yeah. but you know, it was sad. Like she has to take like being a healer she has to literally bear the pain and she's getting everything but i mean whatever other people were suffering from mm. um but anyways that's the movie you know at the end of the day is how they want to be it was good yeah, yeah yeah so let's wrap it up let's uh give it a rating out of five babe what do you think four shield four shield mm-hmm. that's pretty high score yeah, yeah. i like sci-fi I told you before. I do, I do as well. Yeah. I do as well. So. But for me, it's a three point five. 
Only because it was a little slow for me. And you know me, I love I, fast films. I like fast movies. I like mm. action. But mm. even though there was a drama, it yeah. was it was it was good. I still remember those five minutes. We're gonna change the channel. We're gonna change it, baby. <laughs> exactly. Like no, let's just see what's happening next. Oh, but you even said I, I, you were bored at the start, so let's not. No, no, at the start. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm not really at the start. So you said, said it first. No, no, no. So you were the first one. Yeah. You pushed you also... me. You pushed. We also didn't want to really you see it for a me, bit. But yeah. it's good but, we watched yes. it. It's good. I'm happy we watched it because yeah. the guys, the guys did a good job on it. You know, and I, I want to give them a lot of praise, and I want to, you know, like, I, I really, really, really liked what Stefan Animal did with the Oliver Queen character. He made him very quick, like, you know, like deep and and you know with a lot of nuance. And I and I felt that in Arrow he should have got, you know, a little bit more. Um, you know, like, a little bit more props for what he did with the character. You know, I feel like he's a very underrated actor. Mm-hmm. He really worked on his physique. He's one of the guys with, like, the, the best... He's got a very strong look. Great physique, can act. He's got, like, the total package. So him mm-hmm. and Chris Hemsworth and a few other guys, they're they're really pushing it. You know, they're, they're really doing a great job. So I'd love to work with Stefan Amel one day. And Robbie, too. They're both really Robbie good. Robbie Amel, if you're hearing this, you should do more action movies. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely, I'll put him in something. I got something wicked for him. Come join know? us. Yeah, yeah. Come, come join, come join the rep nights on our project, Robbie. We'll, one day, hopefully, we can talk to your agent and manager and get it sorted out. Like you know, one day, one day, bro, one day, both of us will work together. So yeah, um, so it's a aggregated four. So it's a really good uh, film, and uh, we recommend you watch it. It's a uh, Code Eight short film. It's free on youtube so you can check that out first to see how it started and but you don't have to see that you can just watch the movie but if you're like one like if you're like me you love to watch different iterations of the storyline first then you know watch codate's short film and then right now codate's feature film is available on netflix so you can uh, check it out there and um yeah i just want to thank you guys for tuning into this podcast this is uh episode five yeah so <laughs> they're growing quite quick and i want to thank pre for joining me on this podcast as thank always you. and this is the rep knights and the rep valkyrie thank pre, you guys for listening off. thank you very much for listening <laughs> we'll catch you on the next one See ya. peace out